Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. 40 hours into Zelda, I think, and it's still not enough. I cannot wait to get to that point. Um, also with us, indie <laughs> games editor, Campbell Gill. I'm also 40 hours into Zelda, and I can't believe I'm still in the early game after putting 40 hours into it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you guys. We'll talk more about it as, we, as the episode goes on. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have some, um, I don't know what we want to say, some heavy news, perhaps? Um, it is my great regret to inform you listeners that the website, goombastomp.com, is sunsetting. So we will, unfortunately, be ending the N-Express Nintendo podcast. We've got this one. Maybe one or two more. Uh, we're going to try to end it strongly, talking about some some fun games that we've all been playing. But just, uh, you know, be on the lookout for the, the final episode as time rolls on. You may have noticed we've not published the podcasts on the feed as much lately. Uh, there's been a little bit of turmoil behind the scenes, but we are through it now. And unfortunately, we will be ending out the podcast. But, uh, but yeah, bef- you know, before we get too too much into it, I just wanted to say it's been a pleasure. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a lot of fun over the years. We'll be we'll be back with some new iteration in the future. You know, yes, forty years yes, from now, we'll you know we'll make America absolutely shit itself. Once you know, we come. That, back. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. That's that's my promise to you. Is I will make Wait, you shit yourself. What are we doing? Uh, what? Huh? Don't worry about it. Um, okay. No. Uh, yeah. Be in as, line as, with like Conan O'Brien. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, same exact thing. Uh, so yeah, as, as Mark's saying, you know, the idea is to uh, migrate the listeners of the N-Express podcast over to a new podcast in some form or another. We're still working out the kinks of that. Um, lots of lots of hoops to jump through before we can get on the other side of it. But the, the plan is to continue this in some form or another down the line. So keep an eye on, I guess, keep an eye on your feed. Maybe we'll do the thing where we like update the feed with like, hey, if you like listening to this podcast, now we're on this one, like something like that. You know what I mean? Um, maybe. Yeah. maybe, who knows? Or, or Twitter, <laughs> or social media, something like that. Frankly, we'll, we'll, we don't even know yet. So. We don't even know yet, so we're we're figuring it out. Um, but we will we will of course pass the information along to the listener um, as time goes on. Um, speaking of things ending. Um, Campbell, I'm going to turn it over to you. So obviously we have a lot of topics to talk about tonight. We've got many, many huge games and some smaller games. So we want to do a couple quick hits on stuff that we talked about in months gone by. So Campbell, I'm going to set a timer for seven minutes. How does that sound? I mean, frankly, at that point, you should set it to eight minutes just to be topical with what I'm about to discuss. Uh, but seven minutes, yep. I'll agree to that. You know? Okay, you know what? Just for you, I'm going to put it down to eight minutes. Um, Campbell, <laughs> you recently finished up Octopath Traveler Finally 2. Mm-hmm, at long last. So, my dear listeners, for the past 
few weeks, months, honestly. I was always signing off with, stay tuned, eventually, for my full written review of Octopath Traveler 2, whenever I finish up this game. And I finished it up just in time for Goomba Stomp to start shutting down. So, alas, I don't think you will ever be able to read my exhaustive, written, eloquent thoughts about Octopath Traveler 2. But I certainly can ramble about it for eight minutes, because I have finally finished this game i've rolled credits i've completed all eight stories defeated wow. the true final boss saw the true ending and i think i'll just start out with this when the game came out there were a lot of reviews that came out saying that octopath traveler 2 it's good but it's just more of the same it kind of retreads the same territory as octopath 1 and while that may be true in some respects i think that if you consider the game as a whole anybody who told you that is straight up lying because you see wow. the end of this game, and it really hits home with just how they conclude it. Because Octopath 1, they really were just, you could tell they were trying to experiment with the whole uh, non-linear, decentralized storytelling idea of having eight separate stories. They're completely on their own, eight independent characters. Eventually, they kind of sort of intersect, but it's the way they intersect is basically a side quest that you have to use a guide in order to figure out how to access it in the first place. In Octopath 2, they come out of that experience, the developers come out of that knowing, hey, we know we can pull this off, but now they get to put heart into it. They, put, they know what they're doing, they know the technical structure of it, but now with Octopath 2, they've really perfected this idea because not only does the gameplay work just like it did in the original, but it has a story, it has a framing, it has, for lack of a better term, heart. It all comes together beautifully in the end because instead of it just being eight stories, they're great, you get a little side quest that leads you to a super boss and then that's technically the real end of the game. In Octopath 2, once you complete all eight characters as well as a whole bunch of side stories where the characters in your party interact with each other and go on their own little mini stories on their own. Once you complete all of that, you get access to a secret final chapter where all the characters, there's such a novelty coming from Octopath 1, the characters talk to each other, right? They have conversations and then something happens, every story ties together and leads to a threat and a final boss that is honestly one of my favorite final uh, RPG battles I think I've ever played, just because wow. of how it plays into the mechanics of Octopath 2. Not going to go into too many specifics, it's an amazing thing to experience for yourself, because it is brutal. It is very, very difficult. Octopath 1's final boss had a reputation for being absurdly difficult. I'd say that this one is no less challenging, but it's so, so worth it, especially for the payoff that you get. Because after you beat it, all the stories once again come together in something that's frankly a beautiful ending that made me tear up a little bit, because wow. of how it shows not only all the characters, including all of them, all of their stories intertwining, but it zooms out to basically talk about the value of a story like Octopath Traveler itself. It talks about the concept of, you know, joining up with eight travelers, going on a little journey together. Life is the journeys that you go on, and the companions that you meet, the adventures, the experiences you have together. It was really, really beautiful, and that's why I say it had heart to it. Because rather than just being, okay, we know we can have a, a game where you have eight separate characters, eight separate storylines, all that sort of stuff. Now they actually know what the concept means. And there's <laughs> this is a mild spoiler, but I just want to shout out because I think it's 
great. They literally somehow managed to make a title drop for Octopath Traveler 2 work naturally in dialogue. Which, <laughs> like, I don't wow. even know how they did it, but it was hilarious and beautiful at the same time. I so, was about to say, did the, did the Octopath Traveler at the end get to say, we are the Octopath Traveler? <laughs> well, Mark, I think if you have a spare 80 or 90 or 100 hours, you should go and see that for yourself. Uh, it's really really fantastic so the ending is great um and it just makes each and every individual story shine even more in retrospect uh because honestly i could think that octopath one i love that game i still love it but i don't think i can honestly recommend completing it finishing it getting all eight stories and then doing the final final boss battle because it's just dumb and there's not much payoff to it um but I can't imagine playing Octopath 2 now and not seeing it through to the end because the payoff is just so good. And that, to me, is what makes us such an improvement over the previous game. They good knew they could do it, and then, bam, they knew how to really perfect this formula. And I really can't wait to see where a Team Asano goes from here. Obviously, I know they're doing Dragon Quest Dragon 3 Quest. <laughs> HD. That's going to be, you know, another Game Incredible, of the Year contender. Obviously, stunning, one of my most anticipated games coming out. But I'm talking about an original game, right? An original mm. original title that's not a remake of something else, because we know they can do great remakes. We, you know, Live Alive was fantastic, but Octopath 2 was great. They're just getting better and better with each original title, and I just can't yeah. wait to see where they go next with that. Did you like it more than Live Alive? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, Live Alive is great as a... I don't want to say a relic or a novelty, but knowing the time it came out in the mid-90s, knowing how radically experimental it was, is great. Uh, and the story concept is really cool. One of the first games to have that Octopath-style storytelling of, you know, completely independent stories that eventually come together. But uh, there are some issues with it. The pacing is all over the place. Uh, well, it's, it's a bit like it's a bit like comparing you know, Final Fantasy VII classic to, like, Final Fantasy XV. Right. You know what I mean? Different experiences. Different experiences, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say I definitely enjoyed Octopath 2 more than Live Alive because it had a lot more quality of life uh, enhancements to it compared to a game from the 1990s, you know? So um, I think that definitely, though, if you play Octopath or Octopath 2 and you come away really loving this kind of nonlinear storytelling, uh, you should absolutely check out live alive because it's a great piece of rpg history it's still really fun and there's some really memorable moments from that too so i don't think it should be one or the other i think they they both have their merits for sure that is a a ringing endorsement and campbell that is exactly seven minutes oh my god nice listen, you want you want the listen you want the eighth minute Take go for it <laughs> all right Take i got that. one more minute let's see yeah. uh i really gotta call out just how fantastic the combat system is too it's just as great as it was in octopath one um but they added new uh new abilities on top of that there's a latent power uh which uh fills is a meter that fills up whenever you take damage or sometimes deal a lot of damage as well and that adds special abilities to your character and each character has a different latent ability so hikari he's a warrior he gets access to new really powerful moves whereas uh, throne she's a thief her whole thing is uh agility so her latent power is the ability to act twice in a single turn back to back so you can really play with these latent powers in addition to the boost and break system that you already had in the base combat system to make it one of in my opinion one of the most fun and dynamic simultaneously really complex but also intuitive 
turn-based combat systems out there. You know, it's easy to understand. It's not like a uh, Final Fantasy-style ATB system where there's meters filling up all the time and turns orders are flipping around. You always know who's going next. There's a little meter at the top saying who's going to act after which character. So then you take that order in mind, you consider all the mechanics, the boost and the break abilities, and you end up with a combat system that is easy to understand. It's a bit like Persona 5 and its emphasis on breaking enemies and then exploiting their weaknesses, but it also has so much opportunity for complexity as well and pulling off amazing strategies, uh, which is another thing I came to really appreciate in my 80th or 90th hour in the game as I was you know, <laughs> fighting the final super bosses and putting all these strategies to use. It really stayed engaging all the way through. And for a big RPG like that, I'd say that's one of the most important things. That was probably a little over a minute. I'm you know sorry, what? Cameron. It was, but I'll, you know what? I'll give it to you. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's what a ringing endorsement. I cannot wait to eventually play this game because I, I did, you know, as I said a couple months ago, like I did enjoy the, the, the few hours I played of Octopath Traveler 1, but it kind of, as, as you alluded to, Campbell, I, I couldn't justify like, I can't, I'm not going to play all eight of these, mm-hmm. these paths, but this, the, the sequel sounds like it takes everything you like about the first one and, and, and makes it even better. So I'm one of these days I'll, I'll get around to it. Campbell, um, you know, I will never play this game, but I am glad it's better than the first. So. <laughs> there you go. And honestly, that's all I was hoping to tell you, Mark. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's good to so, know they went up because that mm, gives speak- me hope for your, uh, you know, Dragon Quest. I mean, Dragon Quest Three is gonna be good no matter what. Oh, I'd yeah. say because the original game is so but good. But the fact that they're improving so on like a lot of like basic, you know, yeah. elements and stuff. Yeah, like that just gives me a lot more hope. And I'll say Live Alive should also help you with that because Live Alive, you know, again, is still a game from the '90s at its core, but it has lots of quality of life improvements. Yeah. And on considering the original that's game a remake, too. hey, let's yeah, not. That's what let's I mean. Not, anyway, let's not <laughs> knock things that are from the '90s. Oh, uh, I, I love uh... them. They're, you know, they're from their time. <laughs> Um, speaking Cameron, of things, I have a request. Please, I want six minutes. <laughs> six only. Oh, six. okay. Is well, there, I might need. I might need like seven or eight. Well, but, we'll know. say we'll give you a soft six. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of things that I'm never going to play, uh, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you oh, for a little, <laughs> a little Zeno talk. Hit me. Yes. So, Xenoblade Chronicles Three: Future Redeemed is the sixth chapter in the Xenoblade Chronicles story and it's the DLC to the third game you guys know I kept saying this I was like I don't care about these character DLCs I don't care about these mini side stories I want that big chunky story that fits everything together and this is like the ultimate culmination of Xenoblade Chronicles. You have characters from the first game, you got characters from the second game. This is the origins of the third game. It's all wonderfully stringed together and the character to character beats in this DLC are fantastic. And the way it replaces the Ouroboros system from the third game with some new form of a chain attack. It's basically like a new finisher combo that's kind of like the first and second game, which is fantastic. The flow of the gameplay is awesome. Revisiting the locations from the first and second game and the third game just everything about it is awesome but i have one gripe with this dlc and that's the overall narrative i don't want to say that it's definitely it's good but the problem is that it honestly creates more questions for me and when i look at a dlc like this it's kind of like that instance where we're creating you know diving into a prequel is always difficult because you're kind of opening up a can of mysticism behind you know the what came after that prequel and it's an issue that every franchise has you know you see it in the hobbit you see it in star wars you see it in everything and i think this dlc kind of suffers a little bit from that idea 
because it doesn't always explain everything you want and it kind of creates more questions and for a series that this is the end of a saga this sixth entry it's kind of amazing that it leaves you with some questions but it leaves you so satisfied and like everything concluded but there's just like stuff along the way that wasn't really explained or stuff i wanted to find out about that uh, could have been tackled and i think there's some missed opportunities especially with expanding upon the uh the villain of xenoblade chronicles 3z who only appears in literally like the first cutscene, and that's it and they don't really explore him which i think was a big missed opportunity but the overall story you know getting to see shulk and rex again is fantastic and the new characters glimmer and nicole are great matthew and a there's so much mystery behind a and her story is great just everything that they added to this made me really happy because this is you know it's an expansion to xenoblade chronicles 3 but in reality it's a whole new game it's a whole new adventure and this feels very monolith soft at their peak like this is something that could have been sold for a $60 game and I would have been just as happy. Like the fact that this DLC is like $25 and you get all the other shit for the third game, like is the icing on the cake of Xenoblade Chronicles 3's legacy. Uh, not, not, to, not to interrupt you, Mark. Do you know if this is included in the uh, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack? No, it's sad. Uh, it's not, but here's the thing. It's worth your money. It wow. is absolutely hands down worth your money. This is an entire Xenoblade Chronicles game stuffed Hmm. into a dlc just like torrent of the golden country with the second game it's absolutely worth your time the story has a lot of answers it has a lot of new cool stuff it has a lot of old throwbacks um it tries to incorporate since it is the culmination of one two and three it does try and put together certain systems from each game and just the overall just everything about it is so it's such a fitting send-off for the story that they've been developing after all these games and the DLC chapters. And it, it just ties everything together perfectly. I feel like that's, uh, <laughs> I feel like you don't always hear that with, uh, with DLC. A lot of the times the sentiment is like, why was this not in the main game? Or of like, course, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's this kind is of a, a legit, common thing. Like, you don't go to anything from Xenoblade Chronicles three. Like this is a whole new section of the Ionios, the map. This is, just all the content is like all original stuff all the way through. The music is phenomenal, as should be. All the Xenoblade Chronicle games are fantastic. The The only thing, again, is just the overall, the overarching narrative. I feel like there's a lot that could be improved to it, but the character-to-character moments and the character themselves are the highlights. Like, you guys know, I don't like Rex, the main character of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. He was probably <laughs> my favorite character in this DLC. He's really? Awesome. He has such hmm. a fantastic arc. I absolutely loved it. it actually this dlc made me appreciate xenoblade chronicles 2 more just like xenoblade chronicles Holy 3 cow did. man well, this is the spider-man no way home effect uh, regarding <laughs> andrew garfield right yeah mm. That's it, very it really is it really is fantastic the dlc it's just a shame that again the overarching narrative could be a bit stronger and explain things a bit more thoroughly like i feel like if you want to really know the specifics behind everything going on you kind of have to dive into like that lore rabbit hole where you end up on like the xenoblade wiki and you'll be like what's the conduit and like all this other stuff and oh yeah it kind of you know that that's the kind of the shame of it but again it's one of those things of you know when you open up a prequel and you sort of dive into the mysticism of everything and try and explain things and give it a whole science and you're bound to make some perhaps missteps along the way and i think this game has you know this dlc i should say has some minor missteps 
but the overall like the overall picture it's fantastic and it deserves all the praise it's gotten that's great so you're you're it sounds as if i mean this is an, an oversimplification of what you just said but it sounds like this is a very well worth your time in dlc, DLC even yes. even if you weren't fans of some of the some of the other entries in the Xenoblade franchise, mm-hmm. like this one seems to tie them all together in a very satisfactory yeah. the only, fashion. The only thing I do have to warn about is that if Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was very tied to Xenoblade Chronicles 1, this in terms of story, this story is more tied to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which does cause some issues because I know a lot of people have not finished that second game. And there's gonna, you know, they go into a lot of stuff that's connected to all of the game director's lore and some of the, you know, mysteries behind some of his older games being Xenosaga and Xenogears. And it sort of tries to tie his whole legacy together. And it does so in a very great way, but it's something you kind of need background knowledge to approach. Yeah, that's that's always tough when you got to make the, like those deep cuts. Uh, that's always that's always a problem. But if you're um, a Xenoblade fan, this is, you know. This is the perfect way to end it. Again, just like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, if you know, if Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was the ending, I would have been satisfied. With this, I'm just as satisfied. Nice. I love to hear that. Um, let's see. You are at time, by the way, so nicely done. Um, Thank you. <laughs> should we... Okay. If Mark, feel free to edit this out. Should we talk Advance Wars, or should we just jump right into Zelda? I feel like you have to do something. Let's keep this. I thing. have to do something. Well, you know what? You're right. You know what? I'll tell you what, I got something here. Let me put my little timer on here. I'm not going to give myself too long a time. Uh, I want to talk about five, two five minutes. minutes. Give myself on. five minutes. Five there, minutes. There you go. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about Shadows Over Loathing, Ooh. Uh, which is the indie RPG that uh, was announced at the last Nintendo Direct um, as a shadow drop, and it. Uh, I've been playing it kind of off and on for the last couple of weeks, and it is fantastic. It is one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um, it is a stick figure RPG. Uh, it's kind of a, I believe it's like a, like a spiritual sequel or set in the same universe as West of Loathing, which was a, a 3DS game from a few years back. Uh, I've never played that particular game, which I believe is a Western. This one is a straight up, uh, it is an RPG. It is a turn-based RPG. Um, you're a little stick man, and you can customize yourself with different hats and outfits. Uh, some of them are useful in combat, such as giving you the ability to do like special kinds of damage. Um, some of them increase your stats. Like, you, for example, you can improve your moxie uh, if you want to have more moxie for your character. You know, uh, it's very important to have a, a proper amount of moxie. Um, the kind of the thrust of the game is your, you know, it's your classic like Lovecraftian setup. You have a distant relative who's like, oh, I'm old and infirm and you must come and take care of the family estate. It's kind of, you know, your classic setup there. Uh, but when you arrive, things are not as they appear. Um, this is a game that does not take itself very seriously. If, you, if you've seen the trailer, if you were like intrigued during the Nintendo Direct, there's like a lot of jokes kind of slung around. Uh, a lot of the humor is just in in funny writing and also just like weird circumstances. Like, for example, the game's set in the 1920s, right? So one of your characters is uh, one of your party members, I should say, is a flapper, like a flapper girl. Your classic, you know, she wears a little the little dress and has like the the bob for the hair. 
but when you talk to her, she's, it's like she's speaking a different language. Like she's speaking in slang from the time, like slang from the 20s. So you'll, you'll, you'll interact with this NPC and she'll say something that's just completely nonsensical. And if you want to, you can just continue having that conversation and it won't lead anywhere. You don't like get anything for doing it. But it's just like if you want to see how many weird prompts you can come up with, uh, this game just lets you do that. Um, it's really fun. It's surprisingly engaging. And there's lots of different options. Like, if you don't want to, like, you know, sometimes, you know, turn-based RPG combat can be a little a little old-fashioned. You Maybe you're not in the mood for it. So sometimes you'll, you'll see, like, a mob of enemies. And rather than, you know, just walking up to them and starting a fight, you can, like, look for another solution. So if you have a particular stat that's very high, you might be able to walk up and bribe them to get out of your way instead of having to fight them. Or... If you have, like, your strength stat is very, very good, you might be able to walk over and, like, pull a lever and drop, you know, a trap door and, and the enemies go away and you don't have to fight them. There's, like, lots of different options um, to, to engage with the world. Um, it's fun. I'm, I'm, like, completely pleasantly surprised by this game that kind of came out of nowhere. I, I Again, I never played West of Loathing, but Shadows Over Loathing is a delight. I always um, see this game on the eShop, mm-hmm. and every time, before, you know, you got a review code for this one, or I found out about the second one, I always thought to myself, is this, like, shovelware clickbait? <laughs> it's, that's right. the thing, is that, because uh, it's not. That's, that's yeah. the thing that gets me. And then that I hear me. everyone praise it, and I'm like, oh, it's, this it's is It's really movie. funny and good. <laughs> um, that was kind of my thought, too, of, like, there's no way this game is, like, anything beyond. It looks like a Flash game. You know, right. also, do you know what do that, you know what flash games are? Yeah, um, it reminded me of all those like stick figure flash grounds, games yeah. I played. Yeah, on Newgrounds yeah. and stuff growing up as a kid. Yes, yeah. it looks like a Newgrounds game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just pulling up some screenshots here. Um, <laughs> it's just again, a lot of the humor is from just like just cleverly written dialogue. So, for example, you you can walk up to stuff and interact with it. So, I, I walked up to uh, to something in a, in a in a thing. I'm looking at a screenshot here. Some amateur wit has penned a mild bon mot on the wall of a bathroom stall. You smile, but do not laugh. <laughs> just, just like stuff like that, where it's just like it elicits a slight chuckle for you. Um, uh, hey there, is there something particularly interesting about that coffee? It's my first one of the day. No, it's my first coffee ever. Oh, what do you think? I think it's a bad beverage. It's bitter and it makes my stomach hurt. Ah, well, it's not for everybody, I suppose. Yeah. I think I'll have another one after this, though. And then maybe every morning for the rest of my life. Uh, like, just like lots of yeah. weird, funny dialogue like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really enjoyable. I, I'm, I've quite, quite enjoyed my time with it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Shadows Over Loathing. Um, one, one more fun little thing for you, speaking of these flappers. Hey, kitten, what town is this? Poughkeepsie. Are you two traveling? Yeah. Ocean City's turning into a real sawmill, so we boosted her jelly beans breezer for the weekend worlds with a hot potato. Oh, Bush, will you make it sound like we went south with it? I flew him a kite. Everything's Jake. <laughs> those are words, all right. <laughs> those are words. Or it's just like, what am, I, what am I reading? It's fun. I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be one of those eShop games that is always on sale. Oh, 100%. Um, and I, and I don't mean that. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's like it's it's just it, it's just one of those games. It's like going to be on sale. Film. 
based on it's, like the art style, you know. Right. Yes. I, I remember I always when this game was announced, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, it's a sequel to that other game I never bought." So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I would get the sequel, <laughs> you know. I I totally get that. Um I will say so far, I I haven't found like you have to have played the other one to understand what's going on. Like from what I understand, it is in the same universe, but it's a completely different game. Mm. Okay, you don't need to know the loathing lore to You don't need to know it. the the uh the the uh uh, LCU, the uh, LCU, <laughs> the loathing cinematic universe lore. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's my five minutes on Shadows Over Loathing. Um, all right. So listen, guys, it's a Nintendo podcast. We got to talk about the 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 biggest Nintendo game <laughs> maybe ever made. Um, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the Legend of Zelda Tears of the kingdom. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're live for this not live format. Um, <laughs> God, wish we God, we should start a radio show. You know what I mean? The the, the Nintendo Hour, the peak of uh, relevancy. Yeah. The- <laughs> uh, y'all, we're back. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's my my. Uh, I think it's fair to say none of us have beaten this game. We right? won't, I, I won't till the end of my life, yeah. probably. <laughs> I uh, listen. Given given how my time with Breath of the Wild meant, I think I can I can safely assume that I will not finish Tears of the Kingdom for about two or three years. Um, <laughs> here's here's what I'll say about my my experience with Tears of the Kingdom thus far. It took me an entire week to get the paraglider. Uh, you mean the uh, your thoughts you mean the item that's given to you after one of the game's first missions 
that's exactly what I mean, Campbell. Um, I explored. Uh, let's see. Now, Cameron, I have a big question for you. Go ahead. You don't like long games. This is like uh, that's that's not necessarily true. But okay. you're always like shorter games are better. This is but true. This game, this is like one of the only times ever where I'm playing a game and all I could think of is don't end. Don't end. Wow. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So, Mark, because yeah. Mark, I don't think that uh, I'm going to let you. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, I, got a lot to say. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily think that the length of a game precludes how good it is. Course, I just think, yeah. like for where I am as uh, years old, um, I don't. You know, I, I often don't have the time to engage in all the media that I want to engage in. That's of that's course. all I mean. Like mm-hmm. like when I hear that a, a, a television s- series got canceled after two seasons, I rejoice because I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, I could watch this entire show in a couple weeks and not give up. Of course, yeah. you know what I mean. Life, I'm, I'm, yeah. My life. So I don't think that the length or the amount of content in Tears of the Kingdom is a bad thing. I just but in know... this case, I want to give my life to this game because <laughs> it's so. I like I'll I'll say it right now. I think this is gonna be like one of, if not my favorite games of all time. Wow. Like, this is wow. you know, this is beyond phenomenal. I don't even have like words to put it together. It's just, you know, you're you're a swordsman, you're a builder, you're a journalist, you're you're like fucking everything in this game. <laughs> like, yeah, we we do need to highlight that. You, you this game lets you be a freelance journalist. What the heck? And <laughs> like, it has an ethics code in everything. <laughs> it's so good. So funny. And the physics engine and the way that you can articulate things. It's just mind blowing how this game works. The, like just the physics engine the physics engine is unbelievable. But before we get super in depth with it, I want to turn it over to Campbell really fast. What has been sort of your your first opening hours experience with this game. I mean, I'm not sure if I can go as far as Mark is saying that this is going to be one of my favorite games of all time, but I will say this at this point, having put a measly 35, 40 hours into this game so far is just that I can't remember a time a game has made me feel this way before where it says it wow. doesn't feel like I'm playing a game weirdly enough. Whereas like, mm-hmm. if I'm playing Skyward Sword, it feels like I'm playing a Zelda adventure. I'm going from point A to point B. I'm progressing the story, all that sort of stuff. It feels like I'm genuinely exploring and interacting with a world it feels like one of these those games are like procedurally generated or something where they just get bigger and bigger and there's always something new to do but the crazy thing is it's all handmade in tears of the kingdom there's so much to do and it's not like it's just you know fetch quests or little minor things here or there there is the side quests themselves are amazing the side quests in breath of the wild were mediocre at best in my humble opinion with a few standouts but most of them being like you know fetch quests and stuff i played the game for like 20 hours before doing my first main story mission because i just kept running around doing so many side quests i found this random camp full of people who are passed out i'm like whoa what's going on here let's go to the stable to investigate all right then i need to go back there and i cook this little meal and then i give that to some of these people and then that makes them all better they go back to the stable to report they put an article out in the journal okay cool let's do that for every single villager's problem right i go and put together a band that's over at the stable and need to get the band back together from all over Hyrule. It's like yeah. there's so I didn't many. I know this was a thing. Right? Oh, you don't know about the oh, band? Mark? Oh, Mark. Oh, my gosh. You have to do the this. The stable oh trotters. Well, we got to do I think, it. I think this puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. I have two things to say. Number one is the sign guy. We, talk, we talked about this. Addison, Addison my, my boy. hero. <laughs> so I thought 
for for everyone listening i thought that this character was just like a joke i thought you were going to see him across hyrule and eventually you're going to meet the president or it's going to yeah. lead to something no you have to help this guy keep the sign standing mm-hmm. i didn't know yeah. that until like the seventh time i saw him until someone else told me no literally i rode past him so many times while just roaming around the world i'm like oh there's that sign guy again <laughs> i don't want to bother with him it's the same joke over and over wow. and i'm like boy it really is weird that they have the same gag all over the place over i wonder place, why yeah. that is and That's eventually so... i'm like oh hey let me build this horrifying monstrosity of random planks <laughs> to hold him. this sign up and that's like oh wait a second it's a side quest <laughs> yeah that's so funny because for for me the first time i saw him and he was like i gotta keep the sign up i was like i got it i understand <laughs> like like in, instantly so that's so so i think that kind of speaks to something that mark was saying about how or rather the both of you were saying about how like it's you can do anything everything. Mm-hmm. you can everything. do anything and everything yeah. and the amazing part about it here's kind of the thing that gets me um is that it feels both tightly like that that classic nintendo design thing mm-hmm. of like everything you can do is like tightly authored mm-hmm. but also it feels extremely hands-off at the same time right of course yes. yeah you know I think, which is literally yeah. you know signified by the opening mm-hmm. where just getting mm-hmm. through the tutorial i've seen people say it took them two hours i've seen people say it took them 14 hours just Whoa. to get off that little island right wow yeah. yeah, it took Crazy. it took me it took me I would say uh, considerably less than fourteen hours, but yeah, long, me too. <laughs> but like probably two to four. Yeah, I, I was there for like two or three hours. Four yeah. hour range, maybe yeah. something like that. Just because I think I've I've gotten complaints that or I've seen complaints that the opening island is way too linear. Uh, but somehow I managed disagree. a sequence break <laughs> yeah, and do disagree. it in the wrong order, the quote-unquote wrong order of doing one shrine and doing another shrine somewhere else and then going to the having to go to the whole other side of the island to get I, to I the last that. shrine. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I'm not an idiot then. We're no. all idiots on this show, maybe. I don't That's know. That's right, baby. <laughs> but, I've, o- I've always said this. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I it is. It definitely feels a little more linear than the Great Plateau, if only because it is a literal giant circle where yeah, you can or a triangle, or a triangle, rather, I guess, which well, might be signifying the Triforce. But I don't know. That's oh, we're theory. theorizing here, Ooh, baby, because well, it is next to the you know the Temple of Time. I was gonna say the literal yeah, Temple they, of Time is yeah. there, so. Uh, there's that, which is also different from the actual Temple of Time on the Great Plateau, which is interesting. Yes. But I've not actually gone there yet, so we'll have to see, because I barely explored the southern half of the map yet. <laughs> so, I, I've, yeah. I've barely gotten out of the center of mm. the map. Ooh, you guys um, ready for this? I'm ready. I haven't been to one location yet, which is Ooh, the I think I don't... Desert. Uh, oh, me Same neither. here, yeah. yeah. That's the only place I haven't been. I unlocked every other tower. Oh, shoot. Okay, oh, so okay. I, I definitely haven't done that yet. I've, I've only unlocked, like, I don't know, four towers, Which maybe? We, we've all done, you know, we all have a different play style, but my idea was that I really wanted to explore the sky because at the beginning of the game, this isn't a spoiler, you could see a big cube in the sky. And I had yes. one mm-hmm. thought, what the hell is that? And I had to go see it. So I figured <laughs> out a way to go to the giant cube and saw what was there. And then I found out about a quest that was on land when you get there. That's not really a spoiler. It's I won't say anything about it, but it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, I have to find this thing. So now I'm scouring the entire land, but as I'm going around, I'm just like, oh, there's a tower there, let me grab it. There's a tower there, let me grab it. And that's how I've gotten to this point where now it's like, yeah, I could just fast travel near where the main quest is, but I haven't touched it. 
That's mm. amazing. Um, so what you're saying is you pondered the cube and you yes. discovered. The uh, yes. <laughs> there you go. Mm. I pondered um, the cube and I discovered the world. That I was, love that. That's yeah. so poetic, Mark. That's the that's the tagline of this game. And also, um, this game as a whole. I wanted to say this before. It's kind of you know Miyamoto with the original idea of Zelda. He was like, I was thinking about how I went on my own adventures and did stuff like that, and how playing in his backyard or going out into fields and stuff like that. And that truly feels like his idea fully real. Like I know we say that with like every Zelda mm-hmm. game. Like we said it with Breath of the Wild. We probably said it with Skyward Sword. Like, but it really is. I feel like now, like, that idea really is cemented into this game, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, what's that? Or what's this? Or let's go over there. Or what do you think is over there in that? Like, there's this world feels alive and so mm-hmm. just living that it's it's honestly the most interactive world in a video it game. It really is. And I think that's the key thing here, because while this is technically, big quotes, technically the same world as Breath of the Wild, it really obviously, isn't. Uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> there are physical terrain changes. You of know, course, the upheaval yeah. changed a lot of stuff. There's now giant gaping holes all over the world. There's ruins everywhere. But it also gives you so many more tools to interact with the world, which is insanity, considering how powerful the abilities were in Breath of the Wild. Wild, right? You know, Magnesis, you could do a ton with that, Cryonis, all that sort of stuff. But now with things like Ultra Hand, Rewind, like Ascend, you know, you there are basically nothing that's off limits. And you can, and if there's something that you can't reach with your own abilities, you can probably build something that will let you go there. You can you can attach 30 logs together and, mm. and get where you need to go. I will, I sh- shamefully, I'll admit, I look on Twitter and I see people are building literal Gundams and war crime mm. machines, and I'm just <laughs> strapping dozens of logs together to build giant bridges. It's, like, to, yeah. get, to get to one important village, you're like, oh man, the bridge is out. I wonder if you could use these pine cones to create a gust of wind. And I'm like, huh, that's an interesting idea. Why if I just cut down a bunch of trees and built a bridge instead? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. So let, let's let's uh, let's talk more about the abilities because uh, mm-hmm. Campbell, you 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 mentioned uh, we got Ultra Hand, we got the Rewind, we got the Ascend, Fusion, um, mm-hmm. and of fusion. course Fusion. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. How are we finding the new abilities? What do we think about them? What's They're your most than fun Breath thing? Oh, one hundred percent. It's, it's crazy how quaint Breath of the Wild seems in retrospect, because yes. Breath of the Wild was like, one of your abilities is bombs. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. Infinite bombs? I can't even imagine that. And now, again, you're, you can build war crimes whenever you want. Uh, you can ascend through solid surfaces. Yes. You can fuse weapons into weapons to make bigger weapons rockets to shields you can fuse a mushroom to your shield and for some reason that's useful you know like it really it's crazy how creative you can be with all these abilities you can make a stick stick double stick turn into tony hawk pro skater final Mm -hmm. fantasy 7 and go down a mountain and do a quest just to get a shrine or Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you can fuse a skeleton hand to a sword, so that yes. way, yeah, it's weird and it works. And it's still the hand is still crawling around, and the sword is stuck to it somehow. And it, somehow, it's like the most powerful weapon I have on hand right now. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. The the fuse, I think. Uh, I mean, it's silly to it's silly to pick a favorite. They're they're all my children. I love all of them. Except um, we haven't unlocked all of them. Uh, there is. Do you know what it is? No. I okay, don't, I won't tell you. Don't tell me. I know what it is. I got it you last guys, night. So, you guys, <laughs> is this something you find in the overworld? No, it's in the depths. 
It's in the depths. Yeah. Oh, so all I'll say is haven't been there yet. <laughs> you haven't been to the depths? No. Well, okay. Wait, except really? for so there's something in the main story regarding the Gorons where right. Like, no yes. shit. You got to go to the Okay, the but, but Mark, outside of Mark, that, I still have not. Mark, my friend, depths. my dearest friend Mark, go back to Lookout Landing like right now, talk to Robbie, I'll do and then next. after you do that, go back to Lookout Landing and talk to Joshua. And then you will have probably one of my favorite side quests in the game yet. Uh, please, just do that. It's Is an ability as useful as the other stuff? Oh my god, Mark. You haven't even... Well, hold on. Let's 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 back up a little bit. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, uh, Campbell, yes. I almost want to text you because I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. Because there's <laughs> two... Well, no, because there's two empty How slots. How do you get the camera? <laughs> There okay, you go. There's okay, one. Okay. There's one. Cameron, we're talking about the same one, right? Okay, great. Just making sure. Okay, great. cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah Mark, uh, the the quest that Campbell is alluding to is okay. to get the camera. So I would I would do that oh, ASAP. The camera has an ability. The camera is an ability. Yeah. Oh, you this get is like some fatal frame shit. I mean, ha. yeah. And then once you do that, then the quest to get the other ability unlocks. Still, yeah. still in the depths, though. Yeah, still in the depths. Yes. Play scary. Um, Honestly, okay, <laughs> I just gotta say, it's crazy that they literally built a whole second Hyrule for this game yes, and never talked about it, yes. never marketed it. It's just there. It's just a Jeez. giant hole. And then, yeah, I went it's in there. I was hole. like, oh, hey, look, it's, you know, big, big cave. The caves are pretty cool. And then, like, I go down to the depths. There's this big blaring horn sound that blares as you descend into the depths. And then you're just in pitch black darkness. I look at my open. <laughs> up my map and i see that i'm just this tiny little dot and there's a vast empty swath of undiscovered land and it's like holy cow there's yeah. a lot to do here someone it's, did uh, tell me that the tunic of time is down there like yeah. the original link outfit that's what I'm oh cool about. yep and i was like oh no like now now i really gotta now, I, now I have you to. gotta you i'll gotta. say this uh what i love about the depths is that it feels like a different game like it, it really it, to is, me at yeah. least it feels like a dungeon crawler if you you mm -hmm. have to you have to plan ahead you have to really mark have you encountered anything that gives you gloom yes that i have encountered that like the the hands I don't even know it's a oh no my not God, that the i've hands. seen i've heard Ugh. about the hands the I'm hands talking about like the dragon heads the, oh, oh. Sh Ooh. Wait, yeah the what so, don't worry about it. Oh. Uh, it's fine. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, That's in the overworld. You can find them. Yeah. So the gloom is this new status that takes away your maximum health for for yes. a limited amount of time, and it's devastating. Um, and in the depths, I'll just this is not this is not a spoiler. Uh, in the depths, you have to deal with things that deal you a lot of gloom damage. Um, so you just have to be prepared for that, whether that's by cooking meals or equipping certain armor or or what have you. Um, and what really amazed me about the depths is, uh, Mark, have you found any bright bloom seeds? Yes, I, I literally have like a hundred in my inventory. Good, very good, good. good. Yes. Uh, you're gonna them. want, you're gonna want all of them. <laughs> I also assume that the lights, the uh, the zone eye pieces, were for the depths because I haven't used them once in the overworld. Even at night, I feel like you could see everything perfectly. So, oh yeah, you, again, you, I I ain't saying nothing, but uh, you'll need them. Why be creating yeah. goblin speeder bikes down there? I will say that after exploring the depth, that's when I really started using Ultra Hand, just because sure. you need a vehicle. You'll need a vehicle down there. I uh, 
Are you guys, the are depths you guys are so speeder cool. bikes or are you into the goblin, the green goblin style? What do you guys use? Like a glider versus yeah. a speeder bike? Uh, <laughs> if yeah. I had what to choose, well, listen, it depends. Do I have the green goblin's suite of abilities? Because mm-hmm. that, that matters, you, you know what I mean? Do, yeah. do I have a super suit? Do I have bombs? <laughs> like that, that, these, are, these are important things. Yeah. Um, because I when like, I build like with two fans, you know what I'm talking about, right? When you build like two fans and right, the yeah. remote control in the middle, and then yeah, you can yeah. either create it like the the Green Goblins, you know, thing, or you can do like a speeder bike with like one in the front, one in the back. I'm, I'll I'm, say that's, I'm more of a speeder. I, bike I was gonna guy. say for something for the depths, it's more helpful to be on the land than in the sky. So yeah, I'm definitely more of a uh, a bike speeder. guy. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, Same it's a uh, Zelda game. Have you made a speeder bike? <laughs> well, that's the fun thing, right? Is and it, part of it is difficult because, like, you know, we all have the imposter syndrome thing of like, well, that guy made a cool, you know, course, a cool yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and I just stick logs together. But at the same time, it's very, it's very inspiring and cool to to see what other people create, and it's fun because even if you think, like, for me, I feel like I'm on the low end of the spectrum in terms of the creativity side, but even. Even there, I still feel like I'm able to teach people things um, or point out certain things that they didn't notice. Like I had a friend the other day, we were talking about the, the Addison signs. <laughs> I had a friend last week who like didn't know about that. And I was able to be like, oh, like, okay, I may not be able to build like a cool car, but I can tell you about the signs and how to get them to stay up. Like that, that kind of thing. It's like, we, like no matter where you are in this game. The president game, is standing. How's I'll the president support, standing? I'll support you. <laughs> I'll support you. My favorite. Um, I, I, think, I also yeah. love how there's like political fiction inside of this game. It's great. It's like so ridiculous. Finally, Zelda gets yeah. political. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that on the topic of creativity and not being as cool as the people you see on Twitter building, you know, Trojan horses in the game, um, I think it's great that Tears of the Kingdom never forces you to build anything insane. Instead, every puzzle, there's like dozens of different ways to solve it mm-hmm. depending on what you want to build, what or abilities or items you have. Puzzle. Or you can bypass it. Literally, there's one dungeon where um, I was like, okay, clearly the game wants me to do this certain way, or I can literally just climb. I Did can just climb. Did you get to the, uh, the pinball dungeon? Not dungeon, uh, the pinball shrine? No. Not yet, no. Okay, so there's one shrine. There's a few of these where you have to make like a working pinball machine to oh, hit the wait, target. Oh, wait, I just, I know the one you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I'm going to tell, you, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. You ready? You take your arrow and you put a bomb to it to fire the target. <laughs> Awesome. And you bypass the entire thing in five seconds. So the secret is violence, Mark. Yes, is that what I'm getting at? Course. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Be- being able... It's so funny. Like the f- I love fusing things to arrows. That's like my new favorite thing is fusing things to arrows. It really reminds me of classic Link's Awakening um, where... So for, for the old school uh, Game Boy Zeldas, um, you had to constantly be swapping out your buttons, your A and your B button with different yes. items. Yeah. So one of the things that you could do is you could equip the bow in one button and a bomb in the other button. If you pressed A and B at the same time, you would shoot a bomb arrow, right? What? And is that in the remake? Oh no, dude, that's from that's from Link's Awakening original, no, no, man. That's that's yeah. old school. But that's yeah. in the remake that I that we just talked about like a month ago. The Link's it. Awakening remake yeah. and possibly I I I wouldn't know. I never played it. Um, <laughs> You should play that one. I know. Really I, I play. I, I I played a little of it. I just never beat it. I played that game many times as a child. I don't need to play play it again. Um, what I'm trying to say is, 
I think it's very cool that it feels like Tears of the Kingdom's fusing bombs to arrows feels like a direct callback to that in my mind. Um, I love making bomb arrows. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) I love how all the new um, Ayanuma interviews, how he's like, you know, what inspired you to create this game? And he's like, well, we saw a bunch of shit in people with Breath of the Wild and we didn't know you could do that. So we wanted to do that. That rules. It's like, yes, I'm so glad he's on the same page. So, okay, speaking of being on the same page, so I've seen a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of very terrible takes on Reddit and kind of around online. They're like, this game is just more of the same. This game... It's uh, not. Zelda needs I was, to go back to... I clearly haven't before. played it, if yeah. they say that. I, yes. I love how I saw Gene Park for the Washington Post did a great love interview Park. with Ayanuma. Mm-hmm. It was posted like yesterday or two days ago or whatever. And in it, he talks about how he never wants to make the same game. This is literally like, I can go back and replay Breath of the Wild and enjoy it so much. And then I can immediately play Tears of the Kingdom and enjoy it for completely different reasons. Like yeah. these are, mm-hmm. it, yes, it's the same world. Yes, again, like it has some, you know, shared elements. But in terms of everything else, it's like, it's a completely different beast. Like, Breath of the Wild is kind of get to point A to B, but this game is kind of like point A to Z in a sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. Like, Breath of the Wild super, you know, we always talk about before how it was super open and how it really, like, you know, broke the mind and your barriers and made you think in all sorts of crazy ways. But this game just, like, you know, it makes Breath of the Wild look like child's play. It's pretty stunning how they managed to do that. Uh, Campbell, what do you think? What's the what's the worst take you've seen about this game? <laughs> Ooh, I'd say, well, aside from, I've seen a lot of people criticizing Zelda's voice again, which is honestly stupid. Uh, I think Zelda's a great, and also the story is, I've seen people say the story sucks for Tears of the Kingdom. And I was like, we haven't really touched on the story much, but to me, this is, again, not having finished the game just yet, but I think this is a much better take on storytelling than what we had in Breath of the Wild, because in Breath of the Wild, the story essentially meant nothing, because it all already happened. Yes. <laughs> it was all in the mm-hmm. past. It's like, I don't particularly care about these characters, because they're all already dead. <laughs> so, whereas in Tears of the Kingdom, there's this balance between what happened in the past, what's happening in the presence, and again, not getting into spoiler territory, but the characters you meet on the main story quests are quite important to the course of the game so uh it's really i've seen people say oh man the story is just i want a classic zelda story again uh what real linear point a to b or meet with meaningful characters and it's like have you actually played the game done any of the main missions or seen any of the memories are scattered around the world because it really is a huge improvement over what we had in in breath of the wild I love how you could see the story in any order right. and your reaction will be so different. Like to me, you know, if, okay, if you go to the Ritos, right, where Rito Village is, there's a cutscene there, part of the memories and there's 18 memories, right? The mm. cutscene that you can find there with the memories is the climax of the story. And that was actually like the first one I saw. Oh yeah, And that created like mm. a whole new perspective for me. Cause I was like, what is this character? Like, who are these people? Like, what's going on with Zelda? I, I had so many questions from it. And as I've gone through the rest of the game, collecting every single memory, 
I've kind of been like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Or maybe I'll find out something that happens even after that. And I'm like, well, what happened in between? And just putting it all together has been so much fun. And it's such like, it's a way of storytelling that I thought would never work. Mm-hmm. But it works in every single way and even better than you would think since everyone gets a different experience. Mm-hmm. See, that's, uh, Mark, I love that you said that because, I've again, I've seen a lot of, as kind of as, as, as alluding to what Campbell just said too, people seem to kind of be down on the non-linearity of this game. And I think that's one of its greatest strengths is that you can, yeah. right? And I, I love that you pointed it out because a lot of, I've heard a lot of people saying, and again, I don't necessarily agree with this because again, I've found, <laughs> I've found none of these things. Like I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm approaching this game in a really weird way. Like I don't recommend that you play it like I'm doing. To be quite honest, um, <laughs> don't try this at home, right? Don't try this at home, kids. Um, like I, I do, I do feel like I'm playing it not wrong, but just like I'm moving at a very slow pace. Um, but the fact that you can experience the cutscene or you know whatever you want to call them, the memories in uh, in in shall we say out of order is I think very cool because it does inform how you digest the story. I think that's very, very and It gives cool. you a different perspective of the yes. four main objectives when you go see the Zora and the Goron and the Gerudo and the Rito. It's like it gives you something to think about or you're going to think about it from a different perspective until a character makes an observation or you see something from another angle. And I think that's a really intriguing way of putting everything together. Yeah. Because I feel like it shouldn't work. Like, again, I feel like a lot of this game shouldn't work on paper. But then you see an execution and you're either like, you could do that or you're just like blown away by some, you know, revelation or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like, it really is amazing how they thought about how people would react to the mechanics and the story and just everything about the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully agree with you. Um, I do have to ask, though. Go ahead. What do you... Okay. Have you guys... What do you think of the Master Sword getting, like, a tiny scrap of it at the beginning and immediately hitting the first enemy and it gets destroyed? I thought that was beautiful. Honestly, that was so cool. Have you guys thought about getting it back? I have. Of course we're going to get that sword back. Of course we're going to get that sword back. Do you know how? I I do know how, yes. I do not. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> it's okay, good. I was like, go on. It's very incentivizing. Yes, it's, I yeah. I know what I gotta do. I just haven't done it yet because I'm I'm torn at this point because on the one hand I just want to take my time with this game and just experience it naturally, but on the other hand it's so good and I just want to experience all of it before I can somehow get spoiled or anything and course, just yeah. blitz her because people have been torturing Koroks for days for over a week <laughs> on Twitter but I think they're starting to get bored of that and I'm terrified <laughs> of scrolling over and being like oh my god I can't believe that Ganondorf and Link fall in love at the end or something like that and I'm like oh, oh, Campbell, gosh, I was trying. Man. I was trying not to say I that I know man. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it, it's a struggle for sure for sure it's That's really awesome. this game is just so impressive on so it, many it is, different levels. Absolutely. I yeah. love uh sorry, now, now we're just gonna be talking about like here's a f- weird fun thing I did. Um <laughs> Uh, I've that used is this whole game. That's kind of this whole you know, game, right? I, what did I've you used, do? How did you do it? What did you exactly? Figure out? Like, and 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 then talking to somebody who got to the same solution but in an entirely different way, you know. Um, yeah, I've used rewind like two times to be quite honest. 
but one of them was to solve a shrine in a very satisfying way where like clearly the game wanted me to build a car or something (laughs) like that and i was like yes but what if i just move this thing and then rewind it and then stand on it and now i'm where i need to be like Mm -hmm. extremely good um someone told me today they're like how many light roots have you collected (laughs) and i was like what is that Oh, you don't know what that is yet. <laughs> I've never even... Se- I don't even know what a light root is. Don't it's like an worry item? about it. Is that yeah. a key item? What is that? It's fine, Mark. <laughs> You're going to figure it out. Um, do go to the depths, though. That's all I'm going to say yes. to you. Yeah, please do. Um, I'll say that what, my f- it's, I'm, what I'm really amazed by is how often the game surprises me with stuff that I just had no idea was in it. Because with Breath of the Wild, even though, again, huge game, tons of stuff in it, but I also came to recognize certain patterns in it, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, I know that, you know, this shrine is going to be in this sort of location, because we're in the mountains, so I gotta blow up this wall, find it hidden inside the cave, something like that. Uh, and I know that there's these four types of enemies that you can find all over the world. Whereas in Tears of the Kingdom, you never know what you're gonna find next. You never know what untold atrocities you're going to find while you're down in the depths or even just while you're exploring a cave the first time i encountered the gloom hands was genuinely horrifying like <laughs> they all i hate them so much because not only do they, you know they're they're freaky looking enemies but the music changes the lighting changes and what happened was i was in this little this cave and i heard this little tune that plays whenever you're near a shrine that's in the cave it's a very soothing keyboard focused piece i'm like ah this is very nice i went into the shrine did a little puzzle that was great i was walking out slowly enjoying the little accomplishment i had just made and then the music just changed you heard like reverse screaming followed by like freaky piano and then the gloom hands just started chasing me grabbed me threw me around and then like killed me at once and i was like what just happened there yeah. <laughs> like what <laughs> what <laughs> This game is also, it's like a secret horror game, I'd say, honestly, which is <laughs> how freaky some of this can be, especially when you're down in the depths. Have um, you fought, um, what are they called, Horoblins? Oh my god, that was also what? freaky, because I was just, <laughs> I just walked into a cave, I heard some shrieking, and this monkey thing swooped down in front of me and just started screaming at me. I was like, what? what? Not my favorite. Not my favorite, no, no. Yeah, to... to, even, to, to- put it mildly <laughs> yeah. or even little things like you go you're about to walk into a cave and this huge flock of like keys just comes flying out and it's like whoa yeah. that was that startling in itself oh can i tell you it's very satisfying to 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 kill a bunch of them at the same time and you get all their eyeballs oh yeah because the eyeballs are like the the secret best item in the game because you can just they're a homing attack for your arrows so that so like, always hit it's amazing yeah uh I love Ascend, too. We barely even talked about Ascend. Like, the fact that you can just clip through entire chunks of the landscape using an ability is incredible. Mountain climbing has never been easier, you know? Like, you just find a little ledge, and it's like, okay, I could use all my stamina to attempt to climb, or I can just ascend. There you go. I I can simply ascend. The amount of times I've been like, how am I ever going to... Oh, use Ascend. Like, is, uh... (laughs) Right. Very sad. Especially combined with caves, because then you can go into a cave, you're way underneath the surface, and then you're like, oh, I think there's a mountain on top of me. What if I used Ascend here? And then you're suddenly all the way at the top of the mountain from it, being I, just underneath the cave. It's It It makes me laugh every time. Like, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe the game is letting me... It feels like I'm getting away with something. Yeah, you the, know what I mean? The like, game's yeah. mechanics feel like you're cheating, despite the fact that they're all very specifically designed to do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> 
Well, that's I think that's... one of my favorite instances is uh, using ascend and going through the ground from a cave, and then there's like I go up and there's like a three-headed dragon, and I'm like, no, I'll stay underground. <laughs> find a different way. That's the best thing about ascend because you get up to the top of whatever you're ascending through, and the game pauses, the game world pauses. <laughs> and it's just like press A to go up Exit, or press yeah. B to leave, and there are many times where just like what you described, I see the horrifying creature that I've just ascended next to, and I'm like, nope. You're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, because those those three-headed dragons, those Gleoks, uh, I have not beaten one yet. Because I saw one, I was like, I can do that. I've got a bunch of arrows. And it just one-shotted me with a flame, with like a burst of flame. Yeah, I had no idea okay. if that was a mini-boss or not. So I was like, eh, yeah. we're good. <laughs> so let me ask you guys. Have you put your, um, what are they called in this game? Um, sp- spirits of light, what are they called? Uh, the, the rewards for being oh the shot. oh what yeah something of light something of light fragment of light what's it called uh I'm just looking te- uh tears of the kingdom shrine reward <laughs> shrine. oh yeah yeah the ball We're of light li- the the the, 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 the little I'm yellow not looking ball. up anything just in case. okay great love it just in case that's smart the point <laughs> you guys, is you guys go in. <laughs> so the point is they they uh they do the same thing as in breath of the wild you collect four of them you can turn them into a statue of the goddess and you can upgrade your health or your stamina are you guys going health stamina mix of both what are you doing a mix of both uh sure. but mostly hearts because i keep getting obliterated by enemies so yeah, yeah. and i find that stamina is very helpful but I don't need it as much because of ascend. So there you go. focus on the hearts. My the I'm trying. I'm basically trying to do like one of each. You know what I mean? I, I alternate between the two. But I, I'm thinking maybe I should try to get more stamina so that I can glide around more because I love gliding around in this game. Yeah, gliding is great, especially because of the sky where you can glide from this giant ma- this island in the sky all the way down to the surface. Heck, you can descend from an island down to the surface through a chasm into the depths. Which is it's wild insanity, yeah. It's wild. Breath of the um, Wild, even. Breath of the Kingdom. Um, what? <laughs> it's good. I mean, listen, we've said it a million times at this point. It's uh, game, game good. Game good. Um, what else is there even to say? Um, it's gonna go down in history as one of the greatest games. Well, I don't know. I wonder. What do you think? Do you think the oh, legacy of this game... You think so? Oh, it'll be good. Yes, it will. Interesting. But All I right. think a more interesting question is what do you think the legacy of Breath of the Wild is going to be after this? That's, That's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be different. Because yeah. people are going to be like, Breath of the Wilds was just like an experiment for this game. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is so far from the truth. It, well, but... here's the thing, Mark. It's far from the truth. But also... Are you going to say it's wrong, though? Because, like, Tears of the Kingdom would not exist without Breath of the Wild wild, paving the way, creating this amazing open-world formula for Zelda. Uh, They are very different games. It's not like Tears of the Kingdom is just really big DLC. They are completely standalone titles. But Tears of the Kingdom does so much more than Breath of the Wild that Mm. makes that game feel quaint by comparison. Yeah, that's a a great point. Um, Yeah. Campbell, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Like, obviously, you know, time will tell. I know it's uh, Tears of the Kingdom just came out. It came right. out as uh, what, like five day a week ago, a week and a half week ago, and a half like, ago, something like that. Not so, very yeah. long amount of time. So, like, right. its legacy is still being defined. Um, this will be game of the year, no doubt. 
I would hope so. It's already um, been decided. Like, I I don't see anything else coming out that could beat this. It's already uh, one of the highest rated games of all time. So, oh, it is yeah. the highest rated game of all time on Open Critic as well, a 97. Yeah. There's no, no other game with that rating. We just don't uh, talk mean, about Metacritic, though. Just don't talk about Metacritic. Listen, like, well, Metacritic obviously, which is re- review aggregates the have their problems. Like, we all of know course, this. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the point is, it's it's very it's an extremely well regarded game from from by pretty much any metric you can imagine. Um, players <laughs> love it, despite a vocal minority. Um, you know, critics love it. Even people like I've seen this game reviewed in like GQ. Like people want to play this game and talk about this game. It's it's going to have. Uh, a very I think long the vocal tail. minority. I hate to say, you know, because they're, you know, they do have, you know, their reasons and stuff like that. But I feel like for every game is getting review bomb. <laughs> every yeah, right? single yeah. thing yeah. coming out is getting just getting review bombed. It's kind of, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Listen, because there's different I don't reasons know. for everything. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Gamers are thin-skinned. Is the is the real reason? Just to, <laughs> listen. If you want to, if you want to lose your mind, if you want to feel like you're going insane, I highly recommend you go over to r slash True Zelda, which is just a super fun time. Oh, I've um, never seen God. that. Oh, it's people who are like Zeldas insane. about dungeons and items. Yeah. And it's just it's great. Um, every post is like, is it just me or is Tears of the Kingdom story terrible? Like every single post is <laughs> yeah. is so bad. Um, is, yeah, if you want to if you want to have a good laugh, I highly recommend uh, checking out that subreddit. Um, Tears of the Kingdom is a fantastic game. Obviously, we we none of us are anywhere close to our the end of our time with nope. it. I imagine um, as we as we kind of round wind down our our own podcasting with where uh, is with this here. Uh, on your most played Switch games so far? No, oh, it's not anywhere near it. Let me take a look. My most. Let me. Uh, how do I do this? I find them on my profile. You, uh, no, you go to the end of your switch where your whole library is, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you click the uh, the R button, and I believe yeah. you could toggle through. Oh, here it is. Longest, through. longest yeah. played first. Let's I see. Let's take a look. Oh, it's my sh- my second most played. <laughs> uh, Chained Echoes, Slay the Spire, Harvestella, ironically. Well, this uh, is on our OLEDs. We have to preference. Oh, that's because fair. We all lost our data, like our original. Oh, self. yep. I yeah, see what yeah, you're yeah. saying. So yeah, Chain Deco, Slay the Spire, Harvestella, Ring Fit Adventure, Triangle Strategy, Iden Chronicle Rising. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. So you listen. Um, if this was not my OLED, I would probably say it's Hollow Knight is probably my most played. But also, it's hard to say because I, I, I couldn't tell you. Sorry, my most um, played game on my OLED. That's it's, great. It's about halfway to my Octopath Traveler 2 playtime, but it will very soon supersede that, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I have no doubt this will be my most played Switch game. Yeah. The and, only and competitor I, could be like COVID Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which it's will the always only be. thing that could stop it. Yeah. Will always be the crown. Um, so as we can, yeah. as we uh, kind of wind down our time with this podcast over the next, you know, whether it's next week or a couple weeks from now or, or, or however long it ends up being, I imagine we will talk more about um, about Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I almost said Breath of the Wild. But that's not the name of the game. Um, any kind of final impressions, final thoughts about Tears of the Kingdom for now before we call it a night? Yes, there's one more thing I'd like to say. I like the cinematic direction 
of some of the cutscenes. Like, it really makes me hope there's, like, a Zelda movie. Ooh, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about the Mario movie also. We haven't talked about that. Oh, I still man. haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it? No. Bruh. I've seen Highest that grossing least, so, animated yeah. film ever. That doesn't mean <laughs> not anything seen to me. By like, Cameron <laughs> like not, yeah, like I did not contribute to its financial success. I hate to say it. Um, Come on, Cameron. Sorry, I've listened to Peaches too many times now, so there's that. Um, but I was like, I agree with you, Mark. I think that, I don't know what that means. It's it's well, you should watch You'll the movie see. then, Cameron. <laughs> Just watch the freaking movie, Cameron. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you, Mark, that there should absolutely be a Zelda movie after this, because this is the most cinematic, I think, a Zelda story has ever been. Uh, I don't think it should be Illumination making a story like Me this. Too. Um, please no. Please no. <laughs> please. I prefer not to. If they're going to give it to someone like that, give it to, like, DreamWorks or something at the very least. I mean, also, I don't know a 3D animated studio that can make a story as, like, serious as what you have in Tears yes. of the Kingdom, at least. But uh, To the Puss in Boots people. Oh they yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Maybe they yeah. yeah DreamWorks. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. That works. <laughs> there you go. Um, I love it. Yeah. Listen, I would. I, <laughs> uh, I was just gonna make an "Excuse Me, Princess" reference, but uh, that's <laughs> "Excuse Me, Cameron." <laughs> that's what we. That's what we need. I want them to 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 take that, but put that in Tears of the Kingdom. Um, guys, this has been great. Um, we should probably wrap it it's getting late for for mark over there over on yes. the, the the east coast, east coast. um mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening everybody we i personally have not published anything on Goomstop for <laughs> for the last couple of weeks here um do you guys have anything you want to shout out before we kind of call it a um, call it a night i haven't posted anything for contractual obligations for sure. new work so i can't really uh you know, hoping to get that Xenoblade review done at least by the end. But uh, yeah, I haven't had anything written. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The the awkward like, ha ah, uh, What about you, Campbell? Anything you want to call out before? I don't know. I, am I am I spinning wheels here? You tell me. <laughs> well, the wheels are spinning, man. Um, yes. Yeah, I also have not written anything for the the beautiful but sinking ship that is Goombastump.com. <laughs> so, yes, we, uh, are the, we are the musicians on the Titanic uh, as it sinks. We are the uh, stable trotters uh, <laughs> on the ship that's going down. Play Tears of the Kingdom and do that side quest. It's good. There um, you go. Yeah, Perfect. I don't have any content to call out, but uh, just I'm sure we'll talk about this more in future episodes. But uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. It's been a wonderful ride. I fully agree. Um, for now, you can find an Express over on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpressNintendo, and we will do our best to keep you all updated uh, if and when we we take this this trio to a new uh, platform or not platform, but new form. I guess I Again, should say for forty years down the line. That's right. Yeah, blow their socks off. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's good. all It'll all I've happen. ever wanted. All I've ever wanted. Um, All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.